Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am JP, your host, joining me as always, co-host, tenacious one, Mr. Nick Martin. What's up, good sir? How much, man? How you doing? Another day. Uh, today, I decided to travel to my high-rise uh, Manhattan apartment for this episode. <laughs> so, you know, we're hanging up here. Today, we have a kick-ass, awesome guest, rock star extraordinaire. He is famous for many things, but most notably the band Bowling for Soup. And also, I ain't gonna lie, Phineas and Herb, welcome to the show. Most importantly, though, I did mention, I did not mention, he is a dad. This is Mr. Jared Reddick. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm a proud father. And uh, and yeah, I, it's interesting. Phineas and Ferb just uh, just came out as one of the 200 best sitcoms of all time. Isn't that according crazy? To Rolling Stone. So awesome. yeah, it's nuts, man. That was uh, that was a fun few years for sure. Good stuff. All right. So, Jarrett, um, as you are aware, the premise of this particular podcast is all things dad. And I must premise mm-hmm. you with every guest that comes on the show. We do try to stick to talking dad stuff and our kids and all that good stuff, the journey that we're on. But every time it seems we tend to go off the rails. So, yeah, just be forewarned. We may talk about your music career and, you know, who knows what this next hour will bring. <laughs> As a rite of passage, I must ask you, even though you've already mentioned it, you are a father. Yes, I am. Indeed. How many kids you got? I have three kids. Uh, Emma is 18. Jack is 15. And Everett is eight. Eight. So you're running the whole gamut here. That's kind of like Nick and myself. Personally, I've got a 16 year old going on 30, um, as Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're aware. Uh, yeah. a uh, 10 year old son and an eight year old baby girl. Nick has uh, 387 kids that range from zero <laughs> to like 40. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. man. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I try. I, I uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I had Jack and Emma with my ex and thought I was done. Uh, and then I, uh, I married a girl 18 years younger than me and, uh, apparently yeah. I wasn't. So, uh, I, I have a, uh, I, I have a second grader now and, Um, you know, it's been, it's, it's different. It's different, you know, having a younger kid being, you know, 15 years, 18 years older than you were when you had, uh, you know, the other one, but, um, yeah, it's, it's the best, it's the best thing. I mean, I'm sure you guys hear that all the time, right? It's the best, best part of my life. Yeah. We, I mean, that's what we hope to hear from our guests. And, (laughs) you know, unfortunately, as we know, we are all privy to the news and just life in general. And we know that that, isn't always the case with dads and F those guys, first of all, because being a dad is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. It's funny. I, I do a podcast about being a dad as well uh, called rockstar dad show. And uh, ours is similar to you guys in that we try to keep it talking about dads, but since we have so many rock stars, actors, comedians, and things like that, there's just so much more, to them. So we kind of give ourselves a little leeway, but I love that you guys stick to the dad thing. Um, because it's, it's something that, that, you know, a lot of us don't get asked about in other interviews. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, kind of why this thing has taken off as well as it has and why it seems many, many people, dads are so interested in doing this show because I mean, a exactly what you just said, you know, when it comes to being interviewed or discussed and you are, you know, whether you're a celebrity or a sports star or a movie star, whatever the case, they tend to, you know, go that direction where, yeah. no, we're going, we're talking dads, your life, your journey, 
and uh, how it's been, you know, the good things, the bad things and everything in between. Sure. Good stuff. And first of all, man, I'm loving your background back there. That is, uh, there's lots of stuff to look at. Z100, you know, I'm a radio guy, so. <laughs> yeah, I can tell by your voice. I, oh, I, is it, does this video go out? I should have put on an actual shirt. I'm still in vacation mode. I was uh, <laughs> I was on vacation last week, and I haven't actually put on a real uh, a real shirt. I've the, got a muscle shirt on. So. You look fine to me, man, but this will go out on YouTube, so if you do want to change, feel free. <laughs> But I think oh no, it's okay. I'll just take my shirt off halfway through. We'll absolutely, sexy First beast, Jared Reddick, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, being that you run the whole range of the dad, you know, you got older kids and the younger kids. Uh, Nick falls into that category as well. I, I do not. I got a late start versus you two getting early starts. How do you feel that it's easier for you now, harder for you, or just a different lane of challenges? Uh, raising a younger kid after you've had the experience? Um, well, it's definitely different for me. I mean, you know, I um, I had, you know, my daughter was born uh, in 2003 on January 7th, uh, the same exact day that we were nominated for a Grammy. And um, we were literally in the delivery room, uh, myself and my ex, uh, when the call came in. And uh, I was, I just picked up the phone and uh, can I cuss or no? Can yeah, I? have at it, man. <laughs> yeah. so, and I said, uh, I said, this better be good. I'm in the middle of some serious shit. <laughs> and uh, my manager said, uh, man, I, I know I couldn't wait, but you're nominated for a Grammy, dude. And I go, fine, great, whatever. And I hung up the phone. And so my, my ex was like, who, you know, cried, who would call right now? She was getting the epidural needle stuck into her back at the time. And uh, I'm just like, it was bro, you know, apparently we're nominated for a Grammy. And then conversation turns to that. She's like, oh my God. And the nurse was like, are you going to go? What are you going to wear? And, you know, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> let's focus. We're trying to have a baby here. Exactly. And uh, so basically she, she was born, you know, a, nine years into my, me trying to be uh, a musician, but you know, I, I wasn't young. I mean, we, we had, uh, we had pretty much started, you know, I, I had, I kind of had a, a, a really in, a different sort of life. I went to high school uh, and I started my own business when I was 17. By the time I graduated from college, I, I did college in four years, got two degrees and I had owned three other companies by then. And so it wasn't until really after that, when I was 22, that uh, Bowling for Soup was a thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of responsibility. I'm going to try this. So we were seeing our very first successes as the band literally the day that she was born is kind of what started it. So um, this is all heading towards something, by the way, it's a little long winded, but basically that also started the busiest time of my life. And so it was very difficult in that we didn't have FaceTime and we didn't have, you know, near the, the access to one another that we, that we have today. Right. Um, and so she grew up with me, you know, being gone for a few months and flying in on days off where I would literally fly in, see them long enough to have a couple of uh, meals with them, pick them up from school, put them to bed. And then I was gone before they woke up the next day. Um, and, and that was pretty, you know, it was kind of like that for, for several years. And then Jack was born, uh, three years later, and, you know, I kind of started to tone it down a bit, but 
you know, we were, we, we were in a career wise by then, <clears throat> you know, we, we all musicians all talk about it. It, it. You're still in that thing where you feel like every time, every time you're offered something, you have to say yes, because any opportunity that you don't do is a missed opportunity. And that could have made or break your career could make or break your career. And you, it's so hard to get out of that mindset. Um, you know, and so I found myself just still not being able to say no. And quite frankly, you know, that, that was the downfall of my first marriage. And, you know, regardless of exactly why we split up and through counseling and, and all of this stuff and really giving it a shot, um, you know, it's, it's the commitment to the band and providing for not only my family, but everybody else's family and stuff like that. And just time away. You know, um, I prided myself on not missing things. You know, I, I was, I only missed one Halloween ever. And I swore I'd never do that again. Turned down bunches and bunches of big shows on Halloween to make sure that I was home. I'd never missed a recital. I tried never to miss a sports game. Those were a little bit more difficult. Um, so, but you know, <clears throat> it was, uh, it was hard. It was, um, it was very difficult, very tiring. And, um, but worth it, you know, because I was there and I was present. And uh, so, you know, you kind of fast forward to my child now who is eight. And, you know, by the time he was he was born in 2012, um, we were sort of at a crossroads work-wise. Um, and also things are just different. So mm. this is going back to the answer to your question. Yeah. Completely different world, you know, now, like, like, trying to travel or, you know, being able to do concerts online and, and, uh, but FaceTime and like, I mean, you know, he's got, he's got his own iPad. He just calls me whenever he wants to. And it's most of the time he's just calling me because he wants to play with river, his best friend who is the child of the, the, the band, the Dolly Rots. Okay. They're best buddies. And so they, he wants to play. He just basically is calling me to say, Hey, he's not answering his phone. Can you text his parents? You know? <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. So just see, so you, you know, it, it's definitely different, you know, and I, you know, financially, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm in a better spot now just because, you know, like you said, I have a lot of different roles. I'm the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I and, did a deep dive on Wikipedia. I was going to bring that up a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a lot of different things. And, and that was, you know, one of the things that I learned early on was from my manager now who, you know, taught me, you know, Hey, you know, it's going to be impossible for you to make the kind of living you want to make being just a musician. Like it just doesn't happen. It's, it's just, you know, the luck, it would have to be something crazy. So instead of trying to find one thing that makes you say $150,000 a year, why don't you find, 12 things that make you $10,000 a year and anything else is bonus. And that's really just kind of how I, I developed into a, you know, a functioning adult uh, was that. And, uh, but yeah, so back to the thing, you know, I've always been active in their schools, you play songs for the kindergarten class, you know, uh, read to the, you know, volunteer to read for the class. I'm the, I'm the, um, class party parents. Uh, so, you know, in both, both relationships, actually, you know, I was the one, I'm the birthday party dad. I'm the, and most of the time it's me and just a bunch of moms, which has really just been, it's pretty much sums up my whole life. I always sat at the girl's table. 
Yeah. And, and you know, and, and it's like, and during recess, I didn't play soccer. I sang Grease 2 songs with, you know, the <laughs> girls when they weren't jumping rope. And uh, it always worked for me. And uh, so I don't mind. I don't mind being the, uh, in all seriousness, I don't mind being the, the, the go-to parent for, for that kind of thing. You know, I've always been at the, at the girls table. Oh, if it ain't broke, um, man. Yeah. Right. That's right. But yeah, man, it's just, you know, different, De- definitely diff- night and day between, um, you know, an 18 year old and an eight year old, just that 10 year span, a lot of things changed. Um, and you know, 10 years on you too, you know, it's funny. Cause again, I, I didn't have children, um, until I was 31. And so, you know, you fast forward 10 years to my second kid, you know, I'm in my forties. So it's different, you know, it's different picking up a, a football and it's different, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. all of that stuff. <laughs> and just, just being able to, you know, how fast I get up the stairs at 49, you know what I mean? Like it's just, and I have a rock and roll body that has been through a lot. I've gained a bunch of weight in the last few years, just for various reasons and whatever, but you know, I have rock and roll knees, man. They're, they're terrible from jumping around for 27 years. And, um, you know, so, you know, I move a little slower than I used to, but, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm still keeping up. I think we all do. I, I, I went on a bike ride with the family, you know, a month or two ago and, uh, and it was the first time I got on a bike in forever. And I don't remember bike seats being so dang uncomfortable. Oh my God. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it was. That, is, that is something I mean, they just don't tell you that. I right? used to mob that, around oh. that thing, you know, from sunrise to sundown, my friends. And, you know, there was never that issue. But yeah. now I sit down on a bicycle seat and it's. It's gosh. the worst thing ever. <laughs> gosh, you're so you're so spot on, man. You're so it's so you're so right about that. Like really any seat, to be honest, just, <laughs> right. seat, you know, just sitting now, you know, for any length of time, there's any number of things that are going to be wrong when you stand up, you know, like your foot's asleep or your knees are about to give up, give out or just today. Actually, this just happened. I, I was in here doing, we did a couple of episodes of that particular podcast earlier on. Um, I have four now, by the way, and a fifth one about to launch, oh, but yeah. we, we were doing episodes of that. And I, I stood up and I'm like, why are my hamstrings sore? You know, like what, what, what what did I pop? I mean, you know, I only run when chased, so it's not that, you know, like what could it possibly be? Um, But yeah, you just, you know, getting old is uh, is just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. And it, and and this isn't even old yet. That's the scary part. We are older, but this definitely ain't old. God help (laughs) us when the seventies come around. If we make it that far, what's that going to be like? I mean, my coccyx is killing me now. What's going (laughs) to happen later? It's so funny to think about that. It's like, you know, I think that there's an age where you want to live to be a hundred. And then there's just this, there's just a time when, you know, I'm still scared of dying, but, I have no interest in being a hundred. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I know for sure, like mid eighties, I'm going to be exhausted. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I'm going to live my life to the fullest up until that point. And then it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, you know, Hey, that was awesome. Yeah. You guys go get back in line. I'm going to go over here. I think you in know? the eighties, just waking up, you're exhausted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm tired. That's it. Just just watching, you know, watching my grandfather who passed away 
at uh, 88, just, you know, watching him try to put his fucking shirt on, you know, was just yeah. like, oh, God, I don't ever want to be like that, you know? And hey. it's it's not like, you know, I wanted him to die. That sucked. But I I did sit there just going, man, you should just let somebody else do that. Right, <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> like, Have you found yourself uh, thinking about investing and liking more the idea of slip-on shoes? <laughs> One hundred percent. I'm so glad you brought up shoes because I was it's because I think there's a point where it doesn't even matter how out of shape you are. It just sucks putting on shoes God, like right? just, you know, like so we're, we're in mm-hmm. shape. It's like, you know, I, I um I didn't catch that. Nothing. Sorry. I, I, she, A-L-E-X-A thought I said her name. Yeah, she's she's, um, she's very fickle. That happens in my place, too. <laughs> she just starts firing off random facts all the time. You know, like, oh, here's something I found on the Internet. And I'm like, I didn't ask you that. Right. You know? Thank you. Yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, the whole shoe thing. I found this brand of shoes, actually, that um, they're, they're made to be put on without untying and tying them. Right. But they – are tied and they're awesome. And, uh, so yeah, I, um, yeah, it's like that, you know, I, I play golf from time to time and it's like that whole thing, like switching out the shoes. Like you just, I just go flip flops now, you know, like I, I can't get down there. So it's the shoes and putting the second leg in the underwear that I'm having issues with. (laughs) The second leg is such a good, that's such a good point too. The second leg of the underwear is an art and it, you know, what sucks about that? It's like, it's like, like really washing your ass. It's like some days you can really get in there. And then some days for whatever reason, it's I like, can't reach. Why, can I, <laughs> right. why can I not reach this? What is, what, like, what, I was literally doing yesterday. I had a finger in there cleaning this thing out and now I can't even get, I can't even get all the way back. So now I guess you're supposed to do yoga before you shower, you know, oh, I mean, who's got time for that, man. I got, yeah. I got to take my kids to school. They got to eat. They, you know, there's, yeah. they're so, they need so much, you know, they yeah. do, yeah. <laughs> right. they do. You know, until they don't man. And then it's like, and then what do you do? It, it's like, you know, it's like when uh, Emma turned 16 and she started driving and you know, it just, needed less stuff yeah you know? it's also and, a bummer uh, isn't it it's yeah like, and jack's 15 now and it's like he's just kind of like okay bud, bud how you doing i'm good yeah like well you need some money for this weekend Nah, i'm good you know whatever i'm like yeah i mean just say yes dumb dumb yeah, like i'm gonna right. send it to you regardless <laughs> you know but uh but yeah i mean i've still got an eight-year-old who will uh right after we're done with this interview will come barreling through that door happy as hell to see me and ready to take on the evening. And then he goes to karate at five and, you know, it's just me and him tonight. My wife's not going to be here. And so we'll eat some sort of man food, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, so, so he still needs me at least. Yeah. I and mean, hold on to that because it, it's three, four more years tops, maybe five, yeah. maybe you'll get five, but yeah. Same with me, man. My eight year old girl, she's still all about, you know, I want to cuddle. I, I want, you know, she likes to tell me she loves me and I still get kisses yeah. and hugs. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And yeah. And Nick's got a baby. So yeah. he's like, yeah, he's I just all, got a baby yeah, last year. So that's, 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 that's cool. I get to go through all this again. I get some the, of the bitches yeah, still changing still diapers. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, still, how old, how old are you? I'm 41. 
Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's what I did. So yeah, yeah. you'll be you'll have an eight year old at, at forty nine. Oh, get this though, we're uh, we're going in for IVF. We're doing our transfer in about two weeks, so we're we're going for two more. Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really the cool. reaction every time. I know, <laughs> right? You, wait, did you get remarried? And I did. And I did. Yeah. Okay. And so my wife didn't. Have, she didn't have any kids. So we had a baby last year, and we're going in for our last round of IVF this year. And so. she's younger than you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I was already snipped. Yeah, me too. Um, and so did you get that undone? I did. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was way worse getting it undone than getting it done. Yeah, it have was, you ever tried to untie a knot? You know, <laughs> it's not hard to tie a knot. No. <laughs> That's easy. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was awful. It was, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, this kid better love me. Yeah. Well, man, that's, cr- I mean, dude, good for you. I mean, dude, what Alec Baldwin's what, like 70 and he's got like six kids under 10. Uh-huh. Yeah. I get, that dude's an animal though. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a, uh, he, that, I, that guy might live forever, you know, like yeah. he just may just fool us all. Cause he's also brilliant. You know, he's really smart. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, well, congratulations by the way. And Thanks, uh, yeah, I think that'll be, uh, that'll be an adventure if nothing else. Yeah, it's it will be. So far. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting back waiting, not hoping for it to happen anytime soon, mind you. But, you know, it's I'm ready for the the grandfather role. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. Honestly, man. Yeah. That's sort of like prep, right? Like I'm that's that's sort of on my mind because my daughter's 18. My son's 15. Um, You know, it's not out of the question that it would happen in the next five to 10 years. And that would be like unless an accident happened obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to think about that. Like, okay, all right. It's I'm have, I've had my fun. Let's get some of this weight off me. You know, let's get to where we can get down on the floor, you know, and yep. play, uh, play hot wheels and shit, you know? And, uh, so, you know, we'll get there, but yeah, I, you know, I, I am, uh, I think it's gonna be great to have grandkids. I, I it would, it would, I'm, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, when they're all out of the house uh, and, you know, at that point, just to have a f- couple of years to where it's like, you know, on a Wednesday and you don't have a sitter and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? and mm-hmm. Going to karaoke, you know, yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to go uh, get yeah. red tacos. It, oh, happy Cinco to friggin Mayo, by the way, if you're That's into that right. thing. Oh, yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm in Texas. Yeah. I, I, that has nothing to do with Texas or where I'm from, but you're doing it. So, you know, yeah. everybody show your tattoos, oh, Nick, yeah. come on. You have a palm tree that me yeah. and my lady got matching palm trees when we went to South Florida about a month ago for St. Patrick's day. So that's, that's the story behind that bad boy. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Do, do you, you have a, you have a, you have a dolphin around your belly button too? No, or? but I do have a unicorn on my no, back. But, but he yeah. fucking should though. I'm, oh, shit. I dropped, <laughs> damn it. Nick Martin. That's the first oh. time Nick has cussed in at least 13 episodes. <laughs> that feels pretty good. It would, it would. You got, he got me all excited on. about the dolphin on your belly button, dude. That's a great idea. <laughs> so we have a mutual friend, Mike Herrera. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've got a tattoo from Mike's tattoo artist. We did a concert with tumble down back in the day. I was there. I got, lady got one too. Yeah. A lot of vodka was involved yeah. and the, the needle went way too deep. So yeah. they, <laughs> it's a uh, good time though. Yeah. They're uh, you know, Mike's one of those dudes where it was like, I, I didn't really, when we met, it's been many, many years ago, probably, you know, I mean, gosh, I can't even, I, 
15, 16, maybe more. And uh, I didn't really know how that would go, you know, because obviously, like, I knew them as a Christian band. And, yeah. And uh, exactly. we got on, I got on his bus and their recording studio in the back that tour. And he, they just, they were, they offering beers and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, fast forward. He's a, uh, he is a sweetheart of a, of a man and a great father as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah he's he is. one of the nicest dudes that we know for sure. Yeah. Great guy. Mike, yeah. still waiting for you to get on the show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, it's funny. He, he splits his time between Texas and Seattle now. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, he's kind of always on the go, but, mm -hmm. um, He's got a pretty good podcast good. rocking and rolling now, too. Yeah, he's in our neck of the woods quite a bit, too. He's got the Anchor Valley Wine in Medford, Oregon with Joe Moxley and a couple other businesses out here. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Is bowling yeah. for soup, is that still a thing? Do you guys, is it, any shows ever happening? Or when was the last time you did a show? Is What's the deal with bowling for soup? I guess that's what I'm asking. Uh, well, we haven't been doing any shows for the last year and three months. Well, that's, um, that's a given, <laughs> but, but we are, uh, yeah, I mean, we're killing, we, we, we do more business now than we did during all the hits. Um, there's a nostalgia about our band. Our genre's doing really well. Our yes. genre streams really, really well. So new music, uh, actually this Friday. So May 7th, uh, our a new single comes out. That'll be on our new album that comes out in the fall. And we've been releasing a bunch of cover songs, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, show-wise, we still sell out every show, House of Blues, size venues, and then we're doing arenas in the United Kingdom uh, still. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great. We, you know, it's, we're, you know, we're, we never stopped, you know, and so, uh, but there's a whole new generation of fans and it's, it's, it's awesome. That's good. We're very, very, How, very, know, very blessed. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up with the whole year. And well, I'm not glad you guys haven't played in a year and a half or done anything, you know, live, but how are yeah. you and your family and your kids most importantly, your kids and the schooling. How have, you, how have you navigated this whole pandemic and how are you guys doing during that? Most difficult thing about it was, is that my older kids were with their mom, which, you know, they would have needed to be anyway. I mean, she would have never gone for this, but, you know, they, they, they were with their mom and still live in pretty active lives over there. Uh, so, I didn't get to see them much for, for about a year. I mean, uh, a few times here and there, my son quarantined so he could go on vacation with us. Uh, we did a few dinners here and there, but you know, I have high blood pressure, um, and it's the hereditary kind. So not good. And, uh, my wife is severely asthmatic and quite frankly, I make 100% of my living with my voice. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's it. Whether it's music, Chuck E. Cheese, you know, voiceover, podcasts, whatever, um, even managing bands, I got to be able to talk on the phone, you know. So uh, COVID was a pretty scary thing for those reasons. Um, and so we didn't get to see them much, which really sucked uh, because a year in a teenager's life is, you know. Forever. It's, it's forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, um, but, you know, they kind of stayed they they've been uh the two older kids though you know they kind of just maintain their own thing you know we just you monitor their grades online and you tell them that they didn't do their math and they do it and then you're fine <laughs> right. my, my my daughter graduated uh in december so during all of this um early so uh but completely different story here at home with uh you know at the time a second grader um who is exactly like his mother 
and both have ADD. And uh, so those two trying to make it through the mornings of this homeschooling and stuff was pretty bad. Um, and I only think that I'm comfortable admitting that because I haven't talked to one parent that said that it was awesome. No, oh, it know? sucked. Yeah, it's, it's You know, it takes it, a village and there's, you know, those all these other, you know, unspoken things that aren't really discussed. Like I have a job. So does mom. The kids have to stay at home. How are we juggling yeah. that? Okay, so let's talk to the job. Can we do this? Can we do that? I mean, there's all yeah. these different paths and things you have to navigate just to make this work. And, you know, the kids love the computers, but there's only so much that, you know, after an hour, it's just, oh, look, over there. I'm just going to. Oh, yeah. And, totally. and, and gone and well, hard, hard to, to keep focused. The social aspect of it, too. Like, kids need to be around other kids and yeah. do sports and that kind of stuff and taking that all away like taking the the high school sports and just ending it for everybody that worked their lives getting to where they got to their senior year and just ruining it i don't know about you but i was stoked to get to prom i was a senior (laughs) i'm going to prom i went two years in a row and you know and being a boy and a guy prom wink wink nudge nudge you know what i'm saying and they're getting nope that's i think we're going on two years now Last year's yeah, didn't psychologically, get it. I mean, that, psychologically for the kids, you know, uh, I can't imagine. I mean, I honestly, like, I think I sort of kind of squeaked by because I think, you know, having uh, 15 and 18, they did fine. I mean, their mom didn't put a lot of restrictions on them. They hang, hung out with certain kids and they did, you know, they, and luckily they, you know, they probably were a little too active but I have no control over that. As you guys know, if you know any divorced dads, uh, so it's all I can do to just be like, Hey, be careful kind of thing here. We were locked in, but we had, and by the way, I should go back to school really quickly and say, I did try to do two days a week and it became more trouble than it was worth to my wife because she had everything on a schedule Mm. and was doing everything the right way. And here I am, I wake up and I'm like, let's do science. And my son's like, we're not supposed to do science until after lunch. And I'm like, this is the Jarrett Reddick method, you know, and (laughs) we're, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, and I'd be like, he's writing this paper, but I don't understand what this is. And this is, well, they started that last week. Well, how am I supposed to know that? So she pretty much took the brunt of all of that. But psychologically, again, the teenagers did fine. And at eight, he missed things like karate and piano and baseball and stuff. But we, um, I think a lot of people did something like this, but we basically quarantined for a year plus with two other families. So it was like nobody else in, we can go to each other's houses and that's it. So, you know, three couples, five boys, uh, ranging from one to the two eight-year-olds and then three in the middle. And we just basically did Groundhog Day. We you know, everybody kind of started their day. You got through school and you ended, and then you went over to this house if it was warm and you went swimming and then we ordered dinner and then everybody went home and then we did it all again the next day. So at least he got to socialize in that aspect of things, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and so did we, you know, we at least had Saturday night, you know, we stayed up. I mean, I'll actually, I'll be honest with you. The first during spring of the, of the first year, this time last year, we were on a tear. 
our kids went to spring break and never went to school. And so we, it, every night was Saturday night, you know, we were just, it was, I mean, like all, we yeah. were all drinking way too much eating like shit, you know, and it, because you, you can't imagine that there's no end inside at that point. And then right. it got to be summer. Yeah. And yeah, actually yeah. we didn't have the same responsibilities as, as what, well, you know, what we wouldn't have. And then it was like, we kind of need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> like This is my lady, our livers are going to, you know, they're going to roll up. She, my lady, she, she summed it up perfectly at the very beginning. Um, she's not a huge fan of going out and being around people, you know, it's just anxiety and this and that, whatever the reason she said, she's been training for this moment her entire life Yeah, where you yeah, have to stay home and no yeah. one's going to fault you for it. In fact, they're going to applaud you for it. But same yeah. thing, man, you know, the kids are staying up too late. You know, you want to play Fortnite till 3 a.m. Whatever. Have at it. Yeah. You know, I don't, pff. You guys, it's been a rough one for you. Do do what you want. It's yeah. But then again, yeah, it's you know, it's it's so you know how how often you just hear people judging other people for kids' screen time and things like that, and you're you get into a situation like that, and you're like, man, you know, I, I, here's the thing. I, somebody said this to me, and, and you know, the psychology of of my stuff was completely different. Um, I had a really hard time, um, but. I, I will say that as I was kind of going through that and trying to figure out like, I don't, what am I doing? You know, like, I don't know what to do. Somebody just a, a friend of mine from high school who I don't actually even talk to They're just on my Facebook, just put out there and said, you know, you don't have to clean the garage just cause you're home or lose weight or learn a new craft or make a quilt or, you know, any of this stuff. You don't have to do any of that. We're in a pandemic. All you have to do is survive. Yeah. And it totally changed my perspective on things. It was like, okay, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't, I mean, you know, you're, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. We all did it, but there were days where we didn't shower for five days, you know, like <laughs> literally like, and, or change pants, you know, it was like, shit. I started, I stopped brushing my teeth for a few days one time. And I was just like, I, okay, now I'm taking it too far. Like right. I smell my own breath. You know? <laughs> we were savages, you know, it's all about survival. And it wasn't horrible. Was Speaking just, of, I got my second shot yesterday and my arm yeah. is sore as a son of a bitch. Which one did you get? Uh, the Pfizer, the two shot one. Yeah. I got Moderna, which is two shots. And, and first one didn't affect me at all. And I never got COVID, but, um, my wife did, by the way. Um, but uh, that took me out for like two days and I don't get sick. I, yeah, I don't really get. I was yeah. really concerned about that because I got it at about 4.30 p.m. yesterday and I knew that we had, you know, we had you on today. And I was telling Nick, I'm like, you got you got to be prepared to lead this one today, my friend, because there is a possibility that I am going to be down for the count and I might yeah. just be here like this. You and, never know, man. And, uh, but you know what? Thankfully, so far. It's just Mike Tyson punched me in the arm yesterday, and there right. we go. Yeah, I got to bring this up because it came up with I don't know if you know the guys, the pop offs from the band Lit, but I found out a fun factoid about him that is also a fun factoid about you, at least according to Wikipedia and a couple other sources that say you are a big Iron Maiden fan. Well, I love metal, and yes, I do know the Pop Off Brothers very, very well. I've known them for again twenty years right. plus. Uh, they're family to me, you know, we're brothers, but, um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Iron Maiden. I love metal. I love eighties metal. Just, uh, you know, that's what I grew up on. So, you know, I to am me, a huge Maiden fan. 
I'm, yeah, well, and there you go. All I mean, over the walls when I was in high school. You and I were the same generation, man. So I'm going to be 47 in a couple months. So yeah, we're right totally. there, you know. Yeah, I had I had Eddie posters all over, and and I loved that story. You talk about you know how people talk about albums and how you know artwork you know is such a big thing. When you bought an Iron Maiden record, you know you could just stare at those pictures and open it up and see like them taking Eddie's brain out and peace of right. mind, and you know, I'm gonna uh, it just it just different time. I'm gonna write something down just so you know that I knew it before I asked you. Okay. All right. So you're speaking of the artwork and the albums. And uh, of course, the little Iron Maiden thing that was hidden in every one of those. Right. Do you know the meaning behind that? Uh, Not off the top of my head. Okay. Well, then there it is for fact. That is the name Derek Riggs. He was the guy who did all the album art for Iron Maiden. And the circle with the arrow and the little dealy was his signature on all the albums. So that was that was. That's my little fun fact for Iron Maiden for everyone out there. There you go. Take that for, for Iron what Maiden it's worth. Fans. Yes. Iron Maiden dads. Nick. Yes. Here we go. I'm not going to say anything for two minutes. Go. But uh, I, I, I put him on the spot. You got to put me on the spot. This ass. is my cousin. It's okay. So yeah, I said two minutes. I didn't even make it two seconds, Jared. Uh, Nick is, <laughs> we've, uh, our relationship, him and I, we met through me working in radio and him uh, promoting concerts over the last 20 years here in Southern Oregon, where we live. And he approached me, let's do a podcast. And I says, all right, I have the yeah. experience and the know-how, but we need to get and the, you and the talker. And yeah. And, and I talk a lot. It, it, and I love it. Like when you started this podcast and you just went off for about five, 10 minutes, I was like, yes, I love it. When guests talk more than me, cause it, it just makes things easier. You run a podcast, you get it. But Nick I don't, over well, here. that's all the all of my podcasts are basically just me talking with different sidekicks, you know. But um, you know, I, I, I actually have a question for you guys then. I'll take you off the hook there. Nick. All right. I got you. I got uh, you, you son of a bitch, you got off it again. <laughs> I got you. Um, I was just listening to a new podcast called Killer Roll from Dateline. And something <laughs> I didn't know about Southern Oregon is how big the theater world is there, like uh yep. acting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it is like Mecca for up and coming people like hoping to get on Broadway and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, Ashland no has clue. the Shakespearean Festival here, which is like world famous for every year except for last year, of course, and we're still up in the air about what's gonna happen this year, although I think it's gonna work out, but they put on big productions of all Shakespeare. Obviously the Shakespearean Festival and many big, big, big names, Hollywood actors, you know, yeah. before they're huge weather getting huge and they're already a listers will come under the radar and perform in these things. It's, it's really great. And also, I mean, it's beautiful around here. Yeah. Well, we love it. We, uh, it's, you know, it's the, um, I love the, uh, we, we love, or always love driving through Oregon. Portland's awesome. Uh, we play there obviously all the time. Um, Eugene is the has the wackiest homeless population I think I've ever seen in my oh, life. It's spread. You gotta, it's you gotta, you gotta come south, man. You gotta see yeah. Grants Pass and Medford. It's it's a little worse now. All the tent cities yeah, that are popping up everywhere. Oh, yeah. it's well, yeah. Apparently, you know, just because of COVID and stuff, it's even LA. It's like they're mm-hmm. just they just line the yeah. highways now. It's uh, well, and where we live, it was we had a. I'm, I, if you didn't hear about this. I'd be very surprised, but uh, obviously the wildfires that went around all over the world yeah. last year, but last year, October, September, Southern Oregon got hit and three 
towns. Basically, Ashland, Talent, and Phoenix were wiped out. And that is literally the town next to us. I mean, we I, it's a stone throw away, and they're all small towns that go up the I-5. Where we live was put in a level two warning, meaning at any moment in time, you need to go. It was that right. bad. It was that close. But we're talking, I think, over 1,100 homes gone and 1,100 families and all the children of all those families were were put out. So there's been a very big uptick in the homeless population. And it's not all the people who lost their homes. The most of them were insured and taken care of, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of them did fall into that category. And it's, it's a big, it's a big controversy here locally because they're trying to, you know, get them to leave because they're a mess. They're causing serious issues as far as pollution and what's concerned to our beautiful area. But at the same time, this is humanity. What do you do? You know, yeah. where's, where's the middle coast? But yeah, that's, that's, that's why the tent population I believe has popped up around here, man. What did I tell you about this thing going off the rails every single yeah, here Well, here's the thing. I was trying to be funny about the homeless people in Eugene because they, they're like, they're, they're all messed out and taking a shit outside of seven 11. And then you hit me with wildfires. Like, well, I don't know. Well, the I don't one, know. <laughs> I don't know if we come back from that, guys. Well, don't worry. Don't worry. You're right. The the the, the tweakers <laughs> are taking shits in Eugene are still funny. They they didn't get affected by the fires, so you're still no, good there. Not at all. Shit, they didn't get affected by COVID. <laughs> no, nope. everything stayed the same. They're immune. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone's immune. Okay, I, so y- y- you got to do it for me. You do voice work. You you are the yeah. the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. Do you, yeah. and, and I've done some voice work in my day. I, I can do an impression or two. Um, I'm curious, is your Chuck E. Cheese, is it just your normal voice or are you, infl- do you change up your voice? Is there inflections? What do you do? It's just me excited. It's what, it's what my best friend calls my people voice. So if you ever, if you ever, if I were to like run into you at the mall or whatever and you, oh my go, God, hey, yeah. yeah, you'd be like, Hey, it's JP from the dad, from the dad podcast or whatever. I go, Hey. How's it going? You know, and then that's basically Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. And oh. I mean, yeah. I haven't thought about Chuck E. Cheese since I was a kid, because when I was a kid down in L.A., Southern California area, Chuck E. Cheese was the thing. But yeah. I haven't heard much of it. I didn't even know there even still existed, to be perfectly honest with you. So that's two strikes for you. Uh, you asked me if, <laughs> if, asked me if bowling for soup was still a thing. And then you ask me, and then and then you are like, I don't even know Chuck E. Cheese. Five hundred and thirty stores they have. Is Phineas and, and Herb still on the air? No, I'm just Phineas kidding. And Herb, I'm just, for, Phineas <laughs> and Herb is not making new shows, <laughs> but, but it is. It, it will be on the air forever. And we but will yeah. go back to the beginning of the episode when you said oh, well, it is one, one of the two hundred best deep diving abilities, JP. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I knew the answer to all the questions I ask before I ask them because a good show prepper does. Does do that, Nick Martin. Um, I even knew Bowling for Soup had new music coming out this Friday. <laughs> okay, it's a friggin' question that needs to be answered, man. You know how it works. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. But, but I, I am I am a nerd for Bowling for Soup. That's one of my. Well, favorites. I appreciate that too. That? But yes, I went in. Yes, um, JP. Uh, just a couple of things about me. Uh, my band's still together. Uh, the mouse that I play is still going strong. Uh, you know, I can still walk on both legs. Right. Although the knees are hurting, um, you got them rock and roll you know, knees. The knees do hurt, but uh, no, man, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I, you know, th- that character was funny. It took me a while to really get around it because the nostalgia of it, I felt like I was being given a really important job. And, and all kidding aside, like 
I we had showbiz were in my hometown, which actually would will which would have which eventually bought Chuck E. Cheese, and then Chuck E. Cheese became all of the showbiz and the Chuck E. Cheese because they had a better mascot at the time. But we had showbiz, but in Lawton, Oklahoma, where my grandma lived, they had Chuck E. Cheese. And I just, it was the greatest place on earth. Wasn't it? Right. As a kid. I mean, it really was. And, you know, and then I took my children there, you know, from time to time. And, uh, you know, just so just to get that opportunity uh, to, to, to be this mouse. I mean, it, it's, a, it, you know, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of people who really, you know, place a lot of importance on it. And, you know, you're making kids smile. So, um, you know, I, uh, I definitely, you know, was very, very honored that I even got the chance and, and I've been doing it nine years now. Two Chuck E. Cheese's in Oregon, Salem and Beaverton, which are way North of me. So you got to cut me some slack for not seeing a Chuck E. Cheese in the last 20 years when I've lived here, man. In your defense, we did have one in Medford. They shut it down. How long ago? Oh God, probably 20 years ago. All right. Before my time, <laughs> man. So <Yeah. laughs> no, no, man, I love yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. That that, one. Just so. the whole animatronic robot crap. When I mean, we're yeah. talking, I'm five, six, seven year old JP. Just, <gasps> this is the greatest yeah. thing ever. It was so cool in the songs. That's, that's kind of being phased out. Uh, it's more um, video now and you know, it's 2021. Right. And, yeah. You know, it is what it is, but uh, there's a few stores that still have the animatronics in there and, and uh, which is super cool, but for the most part, it's uh, it's either puppets or animation on on screens. Um, but still, you know, it's it's super fun. It's a, it's a it's a it's a great fun job, and you know, quite frankly, the the pizza is actually really good. Um, and so, it's a place I don't mind taking my kids. It's not expensive, you know. It's right. uh, anyway. This is not a commercial for Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> you can change the subject now. What else you got? <laughs> All right, Nick, it's your time again. Yeah, yeah, I got something. So when you're touring, when uh, your kids were younger, did you get to take them with you? Did they get no, to go? So, so uh, my ex-wife, um, and, and this is, this is a, a compliment, uh, was very, very structured. Our house was, was much, much different than the way my house is now. You know, our lives were much, much different. But everything was very much like, you know, on a schedule and norm, normalcy was a thing. So – you know, woke up, the kids woke up at the same time. They went to bed at the same time, you know, and, and more so than just a bedtime. Like our days were planned that way, even on vacation and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of structure. So, you know, when I was gone, that interrupted the, you know, the flow. So, no, I did. And and to be honest, too, we, we really weren't making much money, you know, at the time and um digging ourselves out of the debt that we had accumulated being in the van for nine years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, now, uh, you know, again, I, we're a little bit less structured. I mean, he has a bedtime and, and wakes up at the right time uh, at the same time, but you know, uh, my, my wife now is my, is an artist. So you can imagine what our house looks like because both of us are, are artists in quotes. And so there's just stuff everywhere. You know, and, you know, he, he has a bit of a different thing. So when he's old enough, you know, I think he will come out a little bit, but my wife, we're really lucky. Her mom lives right down the street. So she comes out at least for a few days, every tour, uh, which is great. And then my son, my oldest son, um, two summers ago when we were still able to play shows actually toured with me. Um, and he will, uh, he'll start back next summer. 
when we get to go back on the road and uh, he'll, he'll have a pay in gig out on the road with dad. What does he play? He does not play an instrument. He, uh, he, he play, he, all my kids took piano lessons at least for a, a, a fair amount of time. Uh, he tried, he took drum lessons for a while, but you know, he just hasn't really found his thing. I, I honestly think he's going to find his, his groove in some sort of a business. Cause I've, I've always been more business than anything else too. Um, I just got really lucky in the people that I surrounded myself with. Um, but he, he's, um, he'll come out and, uh, and sell merch and, and, you know, he can hump gear and things like that. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a lot of fun to have around. Well, and that's, that's the dream, man. Being able, being able to bring the kids along with you on tour that way. Cause you know, yeah. you, you discussed at the beginning and I, that was a question I was going to ask is how, or not necessarily even a question, but a statement. It's the juggle, you know, being a dad and having to provide for the family means you a lot of the time have to be away, but you don't want to yeah. be away. But if you're not away, you're not supporting and right. ugh, all the issues and struggle, struggles that come along with that to kill two birds by doing it this way. And that's, uh, that's fortunate. Yeah. That's, that's good yeah, stuff. You know, my ex, you know, I, I also didn't mention that my ex-wife had a career of her own and it just wasn't in the cards for her to come out. And quite frankly, she didn't like life on the road. I mean, you know, some girls like to shower every day, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, so um, luckily my wife now doesn't give a shit. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. The juggle is, is definitely, you know, the, the hardest part. I mean, you know, the thing is too, is that, and, and, but in all, in all seriousness, I, I understand where I am uh, career wise. I, I totally get that the things that I get to do, 99.99% of people have at one point in their life dreamed of doing what I do for a living. Uh, easy. Like it's probably a hundred percent, but there, maybe there's like a tribe somewhere on an Island that doesn't know anything about being a rock star. Yeah. But if anybody who's seen rock stardom or musicians on TV has at least thought about, man, that would be cool to do that. And I get to do it. But I will say, you know, there's a lot of bad things or not bad, but there's a lot of obstacles and there's a lot of things that aren't glamorous about it. It, Actually, none of it is glamorous. It's like, it's not, you know, it's like anything else you see on TV. It's like the difference between, uh, you know, like real police and, you know, cop movies, you know, it's, it's, it's no, not even quite the same thing. So it's boring. It's, it's a really boring existence. I mean, you're, you're, you're just sort of parked at a venue while they set up your stuff and you're waiting for sound check and then you do sound check and then you got to go sit over there for an hour and wait for press. And then you do your press and then, you know, you answer some emails and then the opening band starts. So you open up a beer and then the second band plays. And so you do a shot and then it's your turn to play and you play and then you drink till four o'clock in the morning. You do it all again the next day. Rinse, repeat, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's again, trained what, you know, your wife said that is brilliant because being able to do the same thing every day is fine for me. Where I, where I lost it in COVID was uh, I'm calendar driven. So as a, as a dad, as a, as a, you know, as just a functioning human being, you know, I have this tour on the books for, for this. And then it's like, okay, so I want to make sure that the older kids are coming after that to here and that, you know, I'm not going to miss this. I'm not going to miss this. And here's all this stuff. And here's right. when I'm playing and here's when I'm home and all that. Well, 
I went from full calendar, you know, for a year, for a year and a half to literally nothing on the calendar for a year and a half. And, uh, I talk a lot about, uh, mental, mental problems and things like that, uh, you know, in my, it, it, it became a cause for me. I didn't mean for it to, but I developed pretty severe depression and anxiety, uh, in my early forties, uh, triggered by, but not necessarily because of my divorce. Um, and I, uh, so I talk a lot about that, uh, because, you know, it's a, it's an epidemic and well, it's, it's a thing. My daughter has it. There's a it's, stigma yeah. about it where, you know, you're supposed, you know, our, our father's generation was like, you know, rub some dirt on it and get back to work, you know, whatever. Um, so that started to become an issue when COVID happened and it was just all of a sudden I didn't really have a purpose. You know, I, I there yeah. was no, yeah, yeah. What, what am I doing here? Like I'm supposed to be in Atlantic city today, making people laugh and sing and I'm not, I'm here. I, I honestly don't have anything to do today, you know? And so I threw myself into working probably harder than I've worked in years. And I wrote two albums. I, I, I wrote and recorded a country album, which isn't out yet. Wrote and recorded a Bowling for Soup album, which comes out in the fall. We did numerous, numerous cover songs. I did over a hundred shows uh, just here in this room with that guitar back there. Um, you know, whether it be for, ch- I raised a shitload of money for charity. Um, I kept food on the table by playing those shows and, and, uh, and that, um, you know, so it was a different, it was definitely, I don't know how I got off on this. Sorry guys. I, but no, it was good. a different journey for me. Well, that, dep- I mean, everything you just said, yeah. I mean, you're not alone. I guarantee yeah, totally, it, I, you know, it's yeah. that it, it, it even hit me a little bit. Thankfully, I was in a uh, position to where I was considered an essential worker at the beginning. So, yeah. you know, the other jobs that I have, I, I still got to do them and go out and do what I do. So it didn't really affect me. But I, everyone around me, I mean, my friends who own businesses, who own restaurants, who have employees that are depending on them to provide for their families, et cetera, et cetera. It's just been a... You know, Nick, here's my turn, okay? My first one in a long time. It was such a clusterfuck that it is, I'm just so happy we're seeing ourselves on the way out of it now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even bring up my crew. I mean, you know, my crew guys, we had shows lined up for the whole year, and it was was easy. Two weekends a month, everybody would have been stoked. We had this, there's just the dream year mapped out, and, you know, that's taken out from them, And, and not all of them could get unemployment because they're not technically employees. They're all contractors. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just basically trying to keep them afloat was, was, all, and still to this day, just trying to make sure they can pay their rent, you know, um, is, uh, has been a battle. Fortunately for me, I run Bowling for Soup uh, like a business and I have always planned for us to have a year where we wouldn't be able to work for whatever reason it was going to be. And so we don't just divide the money up after we have a show. We, it all goes into the company and you get a paycheck. And those paychecks have continued through all of this because I, I was ready for it, you know. And um, so, you know, it's uh, maybe we don't live as glamorous of life as, uh, as a lot of other people at our level do. But, you know, uh, when this happened, we, we weren't all thinking we, were, we weren't going to survive it, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Good, good stuff. So I, I'm glad Bowling for Soup is still making music. 
<laughs> Are there any Your live shows prepared? Cheese is still a thing. Yeah. Is are there any shows on the horizon that are scheduled now that everything's opened yeah. up? Let's talk about a little bit about that. When, when's the next you're getting yeah. out in the world, man. Yeah, we are. Um, so it's, uh, so we have our 27th birthday coming up. We always try to do a birthday show here at home. Our 27th birthday show be here in the colony, uh, in Dallas on, uh, June 5th. Uh, we, again, we turned 27. It's also our first show since, uh, March, uh, 13th or so of last year. So the longest we've ever gone without playing a show. Then after that, we have a few shows in September up in the Northeast, um, Pittsburgh, Atlantic city, Harrisburg, um, somewhere else. And then that's kind of it for the year. Um, I'm going to be doing some solo stuff in some smaller venues that can still social distance if they'd like. Um, uh, I don't really mind the capacity being less whenever I'm playing solo because I, I it actually keeps people quieter and they listen. So it, it doesn't bug me to cut the place in half. Like I I'm fine with it. Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, next May we, you know, a year from actually April, we head back to the UK with uh, your boys from lit uh, supporting us and the Dolly rots doing a tour over there. And then uh, we will be on the road next summer here in the United States of America uh, doing something awesome. So, um, you know, between now and then lots and lots of new music. Um, yeah, like I said, we, we, we have a new cover coming out. That's going to blow everybody's mind. Can you tell us uh, what the cover is yet? I can't because ah. this one is going to be the biggest, biggest one. We've, I can't tell ah. you anything, but all I can tell you is, <laughs> is there the a- artist, the artists themselves guests on the song. Okay. And, hmm. uh, it is unbelievable. So, uh, but but new single, uh, Getting Old Sucks, But Everybody's Doing It, comes out uh, Friday the 7th. So if this is after that, it's already out. Go get it. And um, new cover song in June. And uh, like I said, lots and lots of new stuff. Look out for my country album as well. I'm hoping I get that out by the end of the year. Yeah, I was really curious about that. How did how did that come about? Did you just... Well, you know, I'm, I'm from Wichita Falls, Texas. I have Waylon and Willie tattooed on my arm right there. Nice. You know, I'm a, I'm a Texas guy. I've always listened to country, whether it was in the car with my parents or, you know, uh, you know, I was a construction worker for several years and in, in Texas, that's what they listened to. So, uh, you know, lyrically, I'm probably more influenced by Willie Nelson than I am what I grew up listening to Motley Crue and things like that. Cause I love to tell stories. And so it, I just talked about it for many, many years. And quite frankly, um, the September before COVID, I was making plans to do it. And I was actually going to go record it in April of last year. And then COVID hit. And finally, uh, in, the, uh, in the fall, um, my, uh, my good friend, Zach Malloy, who's in a band called The Nixons, still is. Um, he's a, uh, a big time country writer now. And, and rock writer, actually. He... Uh, he, he's got a bunch of, he just had a number one with shine down and uh, he wrote with Flyleaf and mm-hmm. a bunch of different, yes. different men. anyway, uh, he was just like, we get, we're going to do this country thing. Like we don't have anything else to do. Let's just do it. So we literally wrote and recorded it in two months and got ringers to play on it. And uh, it's really good. It's good enough to where I'm not just putting it out for the sake of getting something out there. I'm actually taking my time making sure that it, that, you know, we find the right home for it label wise, which, right. you know, 
when I started the whole thing, it was just like a thing like, hey, I'm going to do a country album and I'm going to just shit it out and hopefully some people like it. But, you know, everybody who's heard it is like, hey, uh, you know, maybe we'll actually pay attention to this. And so that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, man, just uh, it's all about content these days, man. And there's no reason in 2021 why why, why a guy in a pop punk band can't also be in a country band. Oh, so, absolutely. Oh. I mean, look at Mike Herrera in his, you know, the tumble down, which yeah. I friggin' love, by the way. Yeah. That is, you know, he, he went that direction a few years back. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, before I forget, because I forgot twice in this past hour, um, if you are not horribly busy, I have a plan in mind. I'm bringing back every single guest that we have had on over the past three months for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be a Father's Day special episode. There's going to be about 25 little square dots on this screen where we wish everyone a happy Father's Day to each other and to all the awesome fathers out there. I'm planting a seed now because Nick will be in contact if you say yes, if that's something you'd be interested in. I'm thinking sometime early June so I can have it out and available on Father's Day. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah, I would totally be down for that. Yeah, I I, I thought you were saying on Father's no, Day. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get all you fathers on with me on Father's Day because you know we're way more important than no, absolutely not, man. I have not been in town on Father's Day in over ten years. So wow, my I have not seen my eight year old on Father's Day ever. I don't know if I could do that. It, that's my yeah. day. I I yeah. say it's my day, but it turns out. So far when they're young, um, I take them to do whatever they want on Father's Day. <laughs> it's my it's always my father in law's day, you know, or you know, that's it's right, you know, it always ends up it's that. supposed yeah, to yeah. be about the dad. Which I don't so mind because my father in law my father in law loves the Steelers and loves to drink, and that's that's me too. So Steeler you know, fan we, in Texas. We get it. Yeah, my dad is from Pittsburgh. Um, and so uh, you know, I when I was I was born in 72, but the time I could pay attention, we were winning four Super Bowls. So, um, I, uh, Ooh, there you go. How's that Las Vegas? Uh, you, you're at, how are you feeling about that Las Vegas move? Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Um, if I lived in the Bay area, I would be as butthurt as possible. However, yeah. I grew up in Southern California. So I, you know, I was a fan of Oakland and then LA and then back to Oakland. Um, I'm just a Raider fan, man. Yeah. So it didn't bother me really at all because a Vegas is it's Vegas. We got a kick-ass, incredibly new stadium. That's just amazing. Yeah. And B the it's cheaper for me to fly to Vegas from where I live than it is to drive anywhere to get there. And Oh darn, I got to go to Vegas for a weekend to catch my Raiders play. That's that yeah. sounds like a horrible idea. Um, if we could just get fans back in the stadiums, which is looking like the season is going to happen. Um, you know, they had their, their inaugural season and no one gets to go last year. Yeah. But pretty, uh, pretty bad, bad luck. You know, I mean, it could be worse though. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, NFL is going to be fu- just fine through all this, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, but yeah, man, we'll, yeah, born and raised a Steelers fan, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm not shy about it. You know, I, all of my uh, musical trophies, but, a, but a couple, there's a couple of them that live down there in the main house, but, uh, Steelers wise, I have the whole upstairs and it's, it's oh, good man. Passionate. I can't say, you know, if you and I grew up together in our phonable years in the seventies, we might be having a different t- conversation yeah. right now, but yeah, well, you you know, get, you're a winner. Uh, you're a winner. I'm not. 
these days. Uh, yeah, so you, there's no real reason for you to hate the Steelers. You're supposed to hate Kansas City and Denver, right? Yes, like, um, and L.A. and formerly San Diego. Yeah, you know, my two favorite so, teams are the Raiders and whoever play the Broncos every single year. Right. It's <laughs> yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. Nick, you look so talkative over there, man. He's a Niner I'm, fan. I am a Niner fan, so you guys probably hate me. So no, uh, not really. I mean, I, I, you know, it's again when I was a kid, Joe Montana was <laughs> yeah. a big deal. Uh, Jerry Rice, obviously. Um, so no, I, uh, you know, I, I, I just love sports. I love to root. You know, I obviously, I'll, I'll. You know, I don't like college sports, but if I'm watching a a, a game with somebody who's invested in it, mm-hmm. then I I'm then I love it. You know, yeah. it's the same as true with any other teams. As long as they're not playing the Steelers, I'll I'll root. So you know, my one of my closest friends is a Browns fan. He likes to drink beer, so I'll go watch a Browns game with him and not root against the Browns. I don't give a shit as long as uh, they're not playing. Are your kids are your kids sports fans at all? Uh. Not really. I mean, yeah, my son, Jack is, uh, he's 15. So he, um, he is, and, and you know, he, him hot around a little bit as far as who was going to be his favorite team, but he's a Steelers guy now. And, and, uh, and he will be, he'll be a lifer like me. And uh, boy, so Dad. my wife, my wife is a Cowboys fan. Uh, and so, uh, that'll be interesting. Her dad is a Cowboys fan, but her mom and stepdad are Steelers family. So we're like divided down the middle. So, but quite frankly, now that Jack is converted, I feel like Everett will be an easy convert because yeah. he just wants to be like Jack anyway. So, uh, you know, that's, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Reddick boys will all be Steelers fans. There it is. Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup, which is still touring and making music, by the way. That's right. <laughs> and the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. We yes. are pretty much out of time, my friend. I want to uh, just say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and joining a couple guys from Oregon in my multi-million dollar studio. I changed it up um, for DadCast Podcast, man. It was uh, excellent talking with you. I hope I didn't offend you too terribly much. You did. You could never offend me, man. I uh, I'm unoffendable, and uh, and you know I I love it, man. It was a great conversation. Goes by fast being on this side of it, doesn't you know, it? We keep, we keep people for 55 minutes, and I often wonder if they're like by the end of it, going, I need to get the hell out of here. So, well, uh, we're sitting at a minute and seven seconds, or uh, sorry, a minute, an hour and seven minutes going awesome. on eight right now. So yeah, it flew by, man. They always do. The good ones always fly by. And I don't look at that clock. Appreciate it, man. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Uh, we, Nick, just said thank you. That's all. All right, buddy. All right, all right, all right. Uh, thank yeah. you again. Um, we hope to see you real soon. Nick will be in contact uh, with you as yeah. far as the Father's Day episode. If we can arrange that, if not, no big deal, man. I get it. Everyone's busy. They got schedules. But again, you're amazing. We appreciate it. Uh, good luck with the music and your role as dad as the years go by. And uh, maybe we'll revisit with each other sometime soon in the future. Good, sir. Would love that. Everybody go to JarrettReddick.com and it's got all of my podcasts on there. You can find me everywhere, Instagram, the Twitters and all of that stuff. And I would love to hear from everybody, um, you know, about this performance and or this show <laughs> about this it's interview. Performance. And, uh, yes. <laughs> hey, um, but uh, yeah, this has been a blast guys. And uh, I, you know, hope to see you guys soon. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. And everyone else watching, we will see you next week. Have a great rest of your day.